That's all for announcements. Today we're going to be in our new series, The Vow, and here's Dave Shive with the message. Well, good morning, TBA Church. How are y'all this morning? Good. I'm glad that you're with us here this morning. I hope you all are doing well. I know there's a lot of corona going around right now, so um, if you're home watching with us, thanks for being with us. Hope everybody stays safe and healthy, and maybe we can get through this surge and get back to some sort of normal again, right? All right, well, we're starting a new series today called The Vow, and I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there are marriages struggling all over the place. Has anybody seen this going on? Maybe you've seen it in, the, in your own life, or maybe you've seen it in the lives of others. It just seems like the attack on the family is greater now than it ever has been. So for the next four weeks, um, hopefully we're going to be able to bring some spiritual truth that will speak directly into marriages to strengthen them to become everything that God would want them to become, and also to give advice to those of you who aren't married yet, so that you will be prepared when the time comes that when you enter into marriage, that your marriage relationship would be one that honors God from the start. So as we get started, I want to ask some questions. And ladies, I want to start with you. How many of you, when you were a little girl, you fantasized one day about having the perfect wedding with the perfect guy living in the perfect house. You even named your little perfect children before you even had them. You went through bridal magazines and looked at what you were going to wear, what kind of tablecloths you were going to have. How many of you guys did that? Right? Okay. How many of you actually had anything like that come true? Very few hands, right? All right, guys, let me ask you a question. You probably had a different fantasy when it comes to marriage, being a teenager. Guys are pretty simple in those interests. How many of you dreamed getting married and having sex twice a day? Raise your hands. <laughs> right. Now, for, every, for everybody, how many of you are still dreaming today? Still hoping that that fantasy comes true. It's interesting how sometimes our expectations of what we think marriage will be fall really short of what it actually is. And when you look around today, you have to admit that marriages, a lot of marriages just aren't working. And really, in fact, really, it's really scary when you start to read the statistics. Depending on what article you read or what survey you study or whatever you're looking at, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50% of marriages don't make it. 50%, that's crazy. I mean, think about it. In any other area of your life, if there was something really important to you and you knew there was a 50% chance that you would lose it, don't you think you would take that seriously and you would do everything in your power to make sure you didn't lose it? I mean, if I told you when you have kids that there would be a 50% chance that your kids would drown if they went swimming don't you think you would do everything in your power to teach them how to swim, put a life vest on them, put those little floaties around their arms, right? Maybe even hire a lifeguard to be in the pool with them. Wouldn't you do that? If there's a 50% chance that you would get attacked by a bear when you went to the mailbox, I know that's probably not gonna happen, but you gotta go get the mail if it's your turn to get the mail and there's a 50% chance a bear's gonna eat you, what are you gonna do? 
you're going to go out in armor. You're going to have a gun, right? You wouldn't take any chances. Yet 50% of marriages fail. And we do very little to prepare for it. And I would argue the reason that marriages are struggling is because so often people aren't actually spiritually prepared to live a marriage that honors God. Can you have a God-honoring marriage? Is that possible? Yes, absolutely, emphatically yes. But it's not likely if you follow the path that so many people follow today. And so for four weeks, we're gonna look at four different vows that we hope will prepare you for the marriage that God wants you to have or to get you back on track to the marriage that God wants you in with the one you have now. And so I want to give credit to Greg Rochelle before we get into all of it, because most of what you're going to hear is from him and Live Church. They are a very kingdom-minded church, and they freely give out their resources, which is a really good thing, because we're just not that smart to come up with this stuff. So we thank them very much. So today, we're going to look at the vow of priority, keeping our priorities in the proper place in our relationships. Next week, we're going to talk about the vow of pursuit. How do we continue to pursue our spouses after we already have them? That should be a very fun week. Week number three, we're going to talk about the vow of partnership, looking at what a covenant is and how it's different from a contract. And then week number four is really, really important. We're going to talk about the vow of purity Because when there's secrecy lives in a marriage, intimacy dies. And we're going to look at how we live a pure life in a very, very impure world. But today, we're talking about the vow of priority. And I want to start with a very common belief in our society. And we're taught this throughout our media. As a little kid, we watch Disney princess movies or fairy tales, right? And then when we get older, we move into romantic comedies. And there's this common idea That in order to be fulfilled in life, you have to what? You have to meet the one, right? To really, really be happy, to really have a life that's full of meaning, you have to meet that one perfect person that gives you goosebumps, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? That one person, when you see them, your heart begins to flutter. And every after you meet them, every song on the radio now makes sense, right? And every greeting card has such deep meaning, right? You have to find the one. To really be happy in life, you have to find the one. Well, what I'm hoping is, is after this marriage, instead of us saying to be really fulfilled in life, I need to meet the one, that what we'll say instead is, I have the one, and I'm really excited about finding the two. Why will you be excited about meeting the two? Because God is your one, and your spouse is your two. Even Jesus said this really clearly. When somebody said, what's the most important command? Jesus says, above all else, God has to be number one. He said, love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. God is first. And then people come next. Love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself. This is the priority. To have a marriage that honors God, we put God first in our relationship, and then our spouse is number two. Now, for those of you guys who aren't married, let me say this to you. If you're hoping one day to become married, I want this to be your vow. I want, this, I want you guys to make this vow. Here's your vow. I will seek the one while I'm preparing for the two. Okay? I'm going to seek the one while I'm preparing for my two. See, it's a little bit like this. There was a Christian girl 
who grew up in church and then she went to college and she walked away from Jesus and she got into every kind of party kind of thing that she could get into, vaping, alcohol, drugs, everything that went with it. And then one day at a sorority party, she meets this amazing Christian guy and she calls her mom and she says, mom, this is the guy. I mean, he's perfect. He's godly. He's a leader. I think he's amazing. And the mom says to her very tenderly, but with truth, she says, sweetheart, you need to understand if he's everything you're saying, then a guy like that isn't looking for a girl like you. And that's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. Andy Stanley says this, become the person you're looking for that you're looking for, right? I love that. In other words, if you're looking for a godly spouse, then don't you think the godly spouse you're looking for is also looking for a godly spouse? So you need to be that person. Seek the one. Live for God your whole life devoted to God. He's king. He's first in your life. And he's preparing you for someone that you can serve with him. But God is always your one. I'll seek the one while he prepares me for my two. All right. For those of you that are married, this is your vow. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Let's all say it together. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. I know that sounds simple, right? But you would be surprised how many people get this wrong. Of all the couples that I've counseled with marriage issues, not one of them have these two priorities straight. Not one. They usually have one or both of them are out of place. And the reason that is is because marriages that have these two priorities straight, God first and spouse second, don't tend to struggle in their marriage. I mean, Jesus teaches this principle when he says, seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things I'll add to you. When God is first in our lives above everything else and we're letting him sort out our priorities, then things tend to run a little bit smoother. And if you're married, God says, outside of me, your spouse is your number one priority. Number one priority. And this comes from Genesis chapter two. And the context is when Adam was living and there was no suitable helper for him. And God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. At last, the man says... Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what Ad, when Adam first saw Eve? He's like, oh, he had to have been. I would have. <laughs> at last, the man, I mean, he says at last with exclamation. Imagine it was just mind-blowing for him. At last, the man explained, this is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the word leaves in Hebrew here means to loosen or relinquish. In other words, when you're growing up, your priority relationship is your mom and dad. You honor your mom and dad, right? But your pri priority shifts from that relationship to your spouse when you get married. And they're your primary relationships. God is your one. Your spouse becomes your primary human relationship after God, right? But here's the problem. Because sometimes we put our spouses above God. And that causes a multitude of problems because you can't find joy and fulfillment and purpose in a person. 
which is why all these romantic comedies, all that the media tells us about relationships and love are wrong. They're just wrong. Meeting the one does not magically change everything and move you into happily ever after. Listen to me. If you're unhappy and unfulfilled before marriage, guess what? When you get married, you're going to be unhappy and unfulfilled in marriage as well. It doesn't change it. And your marriage will suffer for it because once you realize that the idolization you created for your spouse breaks, you're going to start to demonize them and you're going to start to resent them. And Because it, it starts out lit, like this. It starts out amazing and perfect. And you say, you're everything. You're everything I've always wanted, right? Ladies, you go, oh, he's so laid back. He's so relaxed. And then you get married and reality sits in and now he's lazy and he won't mow the yard. And guys, you go, oh, she's so organized. She's so driven. She's so amazing. You get married and you're like, she's going to drive me crazy. See, the problem is you're asking your spouse to meet a need they weren't designed to meet. Because God is designed to meet your number one priority, not your spouse. Only God can truly bring you joy, fulfillment, and purpose. Your spouse is just human and flawed, just like you are, and they will let you down. Together you serve God, but that person isn't designed to meet the need that only God can meet. But after God, your spouse needs to be your main priority. Your main priority. Nothing comes before your spouse. Not work, not immediate family, not friends, not even your kids. And here's where it usually goes wrong the most. Because see, this is what tend to kinds of happen. You make your girlfriend your priority, you make your boyfriend your priority, and maybe when you get married, they're still your priority. And then kids come along. And suddenly, instead of the marriage relationship being the priority under God, suddenly the kids are the priority. And sometimes what happens is a husband, he might get a little jealous of the relationship the mom has with the child, and he starts to pour himself into work. Or maybe it's the other way around, and the wife drops the kids off at daycare, and she pours herself into work. Or she pours her full self into the kids, one way or the other. And suddenly, the marriage relationship gets put on the shelf, right? See, listen, some of Ashley and I's biggest struggles in marriage have been when we have allowed other things to become the priority instead of each other. See, when I first came into ministry, man, I poured everything I had. I poured all of myself into serving church, especially serving the youth. Our whole lives were consumed with teenagers. They were at our house all the time. And I don't mean a little bit. I mean all the time, every weekend, every vacation, every major event that we did involved youth ministry. All good things, right? Yes and no. See, the problem was I was ignoring my wife during this time, thinking I was doing good things, right? And she rightly so became jealous of the teenagers, jealous of the ministry, and she was hurt by it. And what I didn't understand is that Ashley had a real legitimate jealousy about me spending so much time with the youth. And I always thought jealousy was wrong, right? 
There's such a thing as legitimate jealousy. One of God's characteristics is jealousy. God is a jealous God. There's a sinful jealousy, and then there's a legitimate jealousy. Anytime we put anything ahead of God, he's legitimately and righteously jealous. It's called an idol. And if you put anything ahead of God, even good things, he has a right, because of who he is, being a holy and righteous God, to be legitimately jealous. And that's why every now and then you might find yourself in your marriage going, you know what, I'm a little bit jealous of your time with the kids. Truthfully, yes, we need to have time with the kids, but your marriage relationship should be a priority to keep it strong so you can be a blessing to the kids. Some of you might say, well, I'm jealous of your time with your friends. Listen, there are crazy people who think you should never have a friend. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is if you're always out with your friends, doing something else, and not making your marriage a priority, that's a legitimate jealousy. I know some people are jealous over their spouse's phone and the time that they spend on it and on social media. That's a legitimate jealousy because your phone is in the wrong place in the priority of things. Again, anything that you put before your spouse is a problem. And it's not always the bad things that destroy marriages. It's often good things that are just out of place in the relationship. And now I want to go back to the kids for a moment. Because I think this one happens more than others. Listen, do not be child-centered in your marriage. Hear me again. Do not be child-centered in your marriage. Children are important. They are They are a gift from God. But if you want to love your kids, prioritize your marriage. One of the best ways you can be a blessing to your children is to strengthen your marriage. All of us have had experience with this to some degree, where it seems like your whole life revolves around kids, right? Because kids demand so much attention. You demand so much attention. Everything is about kids. And if you're not careful, they will begin to divide you. They don't mean to. They don't mean to divide you. That's just how it is. I'll never forget this. There was a time Ashley and I went away to reconnect, really get connected with each other and work on our marriage. We were gone for about four or five days, and Marshall was staying with some friends. I think he was in, he's in the third grade at the time, right? I don't remember. He was like in the third grade. But here's where I won't forget. Because Ashley and I, man, we were really connected. It was honeymoon time. It was good. It was awesome, right? And then Marshall comes back into the picture, and he literally interjects himself right between me and Ashley. I mean, he wouldn't let us hold. Ashley and I are holding hands. He's like, nope. And he gets right in between, has a hand on daddy, a hand on mommy, right? He demanded so much of our attention. We would try to talk, and he's like, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, would not let us spend any attention on each other. I never saw it. I never saw it until we broke away from him for a while and had a break, right? So be careful, man. Be careful that the kids aren't the common interest that keeps you together because one day as the kids grow up, you're going to look at each other and you're going to go, who are you? And what do you do with that person that I married 20 years ago? And suddenly you don't have any more intimacy because your whole life revolved around your children. Listen to me. Children are a temporary assignment. They are a temporary assignment. You're going to have them for 18 or 19 years, unless you have a millennial, then 
They may be there for 30 years, but <laughs> at some point, at some point, it's going to be healthy for you to push them out and go, go serve Jesus, live your life on your own. They are a temporary assignment. Your marriage is till death do us part. It's not until we're not happy anymore. It's not until you're not meeting my needs anymore. It's not until something better comes along. It's not, oh, I'm going to trade you in for a different model. It's death to us part. Your marriage is a permanent, God-honoring commitment. And it's why we have to continue to prioritize. It has to be our top priority, even above children. Listen, that doesn't mean we don't feed our kids. It doesn't mean we don't give them baths and we don't put clothes on them, especially boys, because they would be naked all the time if we didn't. But you honor the marriage in all that you do. And if you want your children to succeed in marriage, show them what a God-honoring marriage looks like. All right, we're getting ready to close. But remember this. Protect the priorities if you're going to get lit, married later in the future, guys, remember that. Embrace this. God is your number one. Your spouse is your number two. And if you're married and you're struggling in any way, man, I can almost guarantee you, it, you can trace the root of that struggle back to not putting God first. We're not seeking him. You want your marriage to grow? Seek God first. Seek him first every single day. Pray together as a couple. Be centered around God's word. Seek Jesus together. Put him first. Then make sure you come together and that your relationship with each other is number two. All right? Guys, I'm gonna speak specifically to you because I wanna challenge you. You need to take the responsibility to protect these priorities because you're protectors. Listen, guys, if somebody breaks into your house and attempts to attack your family, how many of you are gonna fight back? Absolutely, right? Of course you will. You will do whatever it takes. Nobody messes with my family. I will take you out. I have a lot of guns in my home, right? If you come in my house and mess with my family, you're gonna have to kill me to get to them, right? Guys, do that easily because we're wired to do it. We will die for those that we love. But guys, listen, God also calls you to live for those you love, to live for them every single day. In fact, guys, I hope you'll understand that you are charged by God essentially to live, to give your best for two things, to live your life for Christ and to lay your life down for your wife. That's what you're called to do. Those priorities are yours to protect. In fact, in Ephesians 5.25, Paul says, husbands, here's your calling. You love your wives. That's your calling. That's your calling to love your wives. Love them. Serve them. Honor them. Just as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do for the church? He gave himself up for it. Protect the priorities at all costs. What does that mean, guys? It means we put God first in our lives and in our family we bring our families to church. We serve in the church. We are people of God's word, so we're in God's word daily. We're modeling this for our kids. We're leading our wives in our homes and our children in our homes. And we're bringing them before the throne room of God because that's what we're called to do as men. We protect the priority. Why? Because you will never be fulfilled in life 
until you finally meet the one. You're never going to be fulfilled in life until you know your Lord God is your one. God is your one, your spouse is too. I will always honor God as my first priority, and my wife will always be my second. And I will protect those priorities with everything in me. And if I start there, the foundation will be laid to have a marriage that can truly honor God, and that's worth building my life on. God is my number one priority. My spouse is number two. And when anything takes the place of God, takes the place of that priority, or takes the place of that marriage relationship, even good things, when things get between that, then those priorities are out of order, and your marriage will never be what God wants it to be because you're not living according to God's ordained priorities. So as the band comes up, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you know what is good and right for us in our lives. God, I know there are many relationships that are hurting and struggling today. So Father, I pray that we would put you first in all that we do. We would reprioritize our life around the thing that matters the most and find healing through your son, Jesus. And Father, today I would pray for those who would one day be married, that God, you would give them a foundation of righteousness to build upon and they would seek you with all their hearts today and God as they seek you that they would be conformed into the image of your son Jesus becoming more like him as you're preparing them to serve with their number two and God I pray for those who are married today I pray for those marriages that are strong that they would be strengthened and protected from the attacks of the evil one God I pray for those who are hurting and just getting along and struggling God, I pray that you would move them with deep conviction, that you would be their number one, that what is ever between them and you would be removed, Father. And then in our marriage, we will learn to make you number one, and then God, lead us and empower us to do so. And I pray especially for the men, Lord, that you would empower them to protect the priorities. God, for conversations that may take place today and the week to come, God, let them be productive and full of grace, looking to ways that they can improve their marriage, not throwing accusations, but God, seeking you to change us to become who you want us to be, to serve you better with our two. Lord, please bring healing, intimacy, bring strength and restoration. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're hurting today, for whatever reason, in your marriage, or maybe just personally you're hurting and you need prayer today, man, head back to Next Steps. There are people back there that'll pray for you. Or I'll be back there. I'll pray with you. Maybe you need to bring your spouse to come up to the stage and kneel to go, man, we haven't been putting God first. We haven't put in, be putting each other first and we're gonna commit to these priorities today. And you're gonna come here before God and make that vow, make that commitment. If you're not married yet, maybe you want to come forward and God, I will seek you first as you prepare me for number two. Whatever you need, lead as the Holy Spirit leads you. Come as the Holy Spirit leads you.